October is time for high power in the heart of Dixie. The fifth annual Bama Blastoff event in Aliceville, Alabama. One of the highest waivers east of the Mississippi. You can launch your rockets up to 16,500 feet. Bama Blastoff also features over 2,000 acres of open fields and nearly 12,000 acres of mostly opened land for recovery, on-site food, parking for RVs, and a team of dedicated riders on ATVs to help you shag your rockets. We've even got our own real-time weather station on site. Reservations are filling up fast for the launch on October 29th and 30th. Learn more at BamaBlastOff.com. That's BamaBlastOff.com. High power in the heart of Dixie. Fiction and reality. New stories, new ideas. Little Beth Entertainment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Model Rocket Show at TheModelRocketShow.com. I am your host, the Rocket Noob, and we got a good one for you today. John Boren from Estes is here talking to us. Who is John Boren? Well, if you're listening to the show, you probably know who John Boren is. But in case you do not, he is the designer for Estes Rockets, meaning he designs all of the kits that you build from Estes and a lot of the tools that you uh, can get from Estes as well. He's been with Estes for a long, long time. We talked to him a few years ago on our other show, and now he's back to talk to me here on the Model Rocket Show. And we're very excited. We had a great conversation uh, maybe one or two little hints about some things that you might uh, see coming down the pike from Estes. So uh, stick around and listen for that. And also stick around to the end of the show because I've got a little something special, a little exclusive for listeners of the Model Rocket Show. But right now it's time to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Rocketry Forum at rocketryforum.com. The Model Rocket Show thanks rocketryforum.com for their support. This is L Corinth. That's my handle. I should have gone with Rocket Noob, but you know, I wasn't expecting all of this to happen. And L Corinth is just a username that I had for a long time for a lot of websites. I've been a member of rocketryforum.com since 2014. The Rocketry Forum is a global community of rocketeers who openly discuss all aspects of hobby rocketry. So if you have a question, just hop on there and ask. There are hundreds of experts who can answer just about any rocketry question you have. So check them out today at rocketryforum.com. All right, it is time to get into it with John Boren from Estes Rockets. And we are going to start that in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Model Rocket Show, a podcast that is all about low and mid-power model rockets. Like the ones you buy at hobby stores and fly in a park. And now, here is your host, Daniel the Rocket Noob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. We have with us, from Estes, John Boren, designer extraordinaire. Welcome, John. How are you doing? Oh, doing fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while. Uh, last time we spoke, uh, I was on the Rocketry Show, and we had you on, and that was a great conversation. Really loved it. If, as I recall, we could have gone, you could have gone all night because you're, you're quite a good conversationalist. They're saying I have a big mouth. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying you just love talking about rockets, which is what we love here. So how, how have you been? How's working at Estes these days? Oh, doing good. Doing very well. Um, doing a lot of stuff. Uh, can't talk about a lot of it, but, you know, you could maybe get some of it out of me if you ask the right questions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, let me, let me ask you, is what's something you're excited about? Is there anything you're working on that you can tell us about? Uh, hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I just built a, uh, a big, large NASA SLS model that for Mr. John Langford. Uh, maybe some of you saw that when he did a keynote speaker at Narcon. Yeah, I, I heard about this. Um, I haven't actually gotten to see the video yet. Um, it's a little early, and I don't know if I wasn't able to attend, so I didn't. I didn't buy a ticket this year, and I don't know if the the videos have gone public yet. Um, but I I love the manufacturers forum. I always love seeing what's going on at Estes. Anytime there's a conference or a national NAR event, I always love that kind of stuff. Um, other than that, I mean, um, you know, we just came out with the big deer red max. Uh, that has a nice, you know, accurate blow molded nose cone. So I just built another rocket using that nose cone. Oh, awesome. Um, I can't really say what it is, but since I have a new nose cone, I mean, I, I have to use it for something. That's else. of course you can't, I mean, those parts, I mean, any kind, anytime you come up with a new mold for a new part, it's, it's costly. Yeah. You got to make the most of it, right? That's right. Yeah, well, I understand you can't tell us a lot about it, a lot about some upcoming projects, but uh, knowing that there's a new rocket to go with that nose cone, I'm sure is going to be quite tantalizing. And uh, uh, well, let's just you know what, let's just start off talking about you personally. How, how's how's uh, what are you working on personally? Do you have any personal projects you're excited about? Oh, well, I do. Well, I do mainly model airplanes when I'm home. Yeah. So let's I hear do. about it. Let's hear about it. I mean, rocket. Folks love airplanes as well. Anything that goes up, <laughs> um, let's hear about it. Right now, um, I'm in a Japanese World War II phase of my life. So uh, I did a, um, um, what do you call the, a, a Kayaba autogyro. That's probably about eight years ago now. Uh, it's quarter scale, it's the rotor blades. An autogyro is kind of like a helicopter, but the blades aren't mm -hmm. powered. Yeah. Uh, so it's never flown. Um, I'm kind of afraid to even try and fly it. It's got a 10 foot rotor blade, rotor span. So then wow. after that one, probably seven years ago, I like to design and auto in CAD, and then I like to cut the parts. I like to build it. And once it's built, that's pretty much okay. I'm done. I, I did what I wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. But I have a Kawasaki Ki 100, which is a fighter airplane at the very late end of like 1945 for the Japanese. And then probably four years ago or so, I did a big Betty bomber. Wow. And last year, or maybe a year and a half ago, I started on a, uh, uh, a Nakajima Kika, which is a twin-engine jet. Looks very similar to the uh, German 262 twin jet that they use. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not, it's not, it's not, Made after it, but it was. It looks like it, but it's you know it's a completely different aircraft. So that one, uh, I started. I stopped working on it for a while, but now I'm started working on it. Uh, and then I built. I've built probably half a dozen other airplanes in the past couple of years, little small speed planes and all kinds of stuff. I just like designing and and building. Um, a couple of years ago, I got myself a nice laser cutter, so Ooh, nice. I laser cut all my own stuff now. Um, uh, I, I, I just have, I have a thousand square foot workshop in my basement where I do my stuff. So I typically wow. only build personal rockets for like NARAMS or mm -hmm. if there's going to be a national sport launch. Uh, 
was it earlier, was it last year? Earlier. Well, it was National Sport Launch last year. I brought a big, super big Bertha, but then I uh, upscaled the little Manta foam gliders at SSLs. I upscaled those and 3D printed them in lightweight PLA. So they're very, very lightweight. And I lost them. Um, I flew it on an F-15-4, I think, and they flew away. Wow. But then by the next day, people had recovered them for me. Uh, So I flown it out at our club field. And I also brought, uh, built a double ringer. You guys know what that one is? Yeah, that's got the two little ring gliders that uh, pop off at Apogee, right? Yep. So I upscaled that to a three-inch diameter tube and flew it on an Mm. F-50. Wow. And uh, they flew fantastic, first flight. So, so you know, I, I do some rocket stuff at home, but mainly airplanes because I do a lot of rocket stuff at work. Oh yeah, well, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I think you gotta you gotta have, gotta branch out. Obviously, it sounds mm-hmm. like you you really like scale modeling, so you must be pretty skilled with an airbrush, I assume. Um, I'm okay. I'm not great. I mean, you're talking. These are big <laughs> airplanes. I mean, my yeah. Betty Bombers like 85 inch wingspan. Uh, oh, well, know, they're all mind. big airplanes. They're big. <laughs> I don't do I've little tried, models. I've tried painting a. I, I tried painting one of your Saturn fives with an airbrush, and I had to switch over to. I got it. Just got a little too frustrating for me. I had to switch over to uh, a spray can for the the large white portions because it was just a little too much with that little airbrush. The uh, Saturn V is probably the hardest rocket to paint. It's, and, it was and have it look nice. It was tricky. It was tricky. I, <laughs> I, I was pleased that it came out as nice looking as it did because I, um, I was one of those guys who, um, you know, whenever a nice scale kit would come out, I would get it and I would set it aside and tell myself, well. You know, when I build up the skills, I'll I'll get to this one because I want to do it right. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you have all these kits that are sitting there for years, and you, you know, you you build your three fins and a nose cone sport models, and you you never take that leap because you don't develop those skills because you're afraid to screw up the models that you got. So I decided well, I bought three of them because <laughs> I figured, <laughs> thank you, you know, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so I figured, you know, you, I got to, I got to, got to break one out. And, and, um, my, my first kind of challenging rocket was a Dr. Zooch Saturn V. And I was nervous about that one. And it came out all right, you know, and, and, uh, and I thought, well, you know, I think the best way to do this is just to do it. So then I moved on to the, I mean, I didn't get it done quite on time for the, no, that's not true. I did get it on, done on time for the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, but the wind was bad that day. So mm. I d- didn't, because I'd spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. And uh, I got a, a question for you. When you yeah. sprayed your white, when you airbrushed your white paint, yeah. what were you going over? What color was your base? Uh, well, okay. So I had, I had um, just, I just had some, some gray automotive primer that ah. I was going over. See, so yeah. what I do on all of my models, I'll put a, a base coat of, Flat white. Mm-hmm. I don't care what I'm gonna, what color is gonna go over it. Flat yeah. white, because flats don't run, and they give you a nice opaque base coat. Yeah, because uh, white doesn't go over gray. Great. I mean, it goes over it, but you got to use a lot of it. Yeah. But if you did a base coat of flat white, and then you airbrushed whatever white you used, gloss, mm-hmm. semi, whatever, 
then you hardly have to use anything. Yeah. You know, and I learned that kind of the hard way. I mean, I do, usually if I'm painting a rocket, so if I'm just painting a sport model, um, I use a gray primer and then I will, if I'm painting the rocket white, I'll use a gray, I'll finish with gray primer and then I'll spray paint it white because that way I can see that I've got full coverage and I, you know, I, I know when I'm done. Um, but if I'm painting any other color than white, I will top my gray primer once I've got it sanded nice and smooth with a flat white primer. And then I'll use that because I don't want to, you know, I, and it's, I don't, it's probably not necessary. I probably could just go, but the, I like the filler primers, which I, I've only found in gray. Um, I guess they come in rust and black, but I mean, you know, um, so I like the, the filler primers for what they do for like, you know, hiding flaws and, and showing flaw, showing flaws that you can then fix and patch with, with Bondo and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, it, it, so like my goblin, I, my goblin and well, just, just a, and name your rocket. I, I painted those. Um, I, I put a bit of white flat primer over top of that. And then, like you say, gave a night, gave a nice opaque white, but I didn't, I was kind of new to airbrushing when I took on the Saturn V. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> because it was taking so long, I switched to a white can and I didn't have a lot of paint left in my white gloss can. I was spray painting it and I was like, I got to get this done because uh, I think I had less than a week to go before the 50th anniversary. And I ran out of gloss white. So I finished it in flat white because I had some flat white uh, <laughs> spray paint. And I was like, well, it's fine. It's, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then I did the, and then I did the black parts in, 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 uh, with airbrush. And yeah. I have to say that was really nice because even if you're, even if your, um, your masking isn't perfectly taped down, if you go, you know, at a 90 degree angle and with, you know, a real yep. light mist coat, you can get a nice sharp edge and you don't get a lot of bleed through like you would with a, you know, Mm -hmm. big nasty spray can. Um, so that, that worked out for me. But uh, I, I think in future, if I have a large rocket, I'll probably just go for my, my white coat will probably just be spray paint. Okay. Because I've realized that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that bad at spray paint. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty okay with spray paint. Yep. Um, I've you painted know. hundreds and hundreds of rockets with can spray paint. Yeah. You know. So let me ask you a couple questions. Uh, how do you guys like the uh, you know the Saturn V, the twenty one sixty, the ready to fly plastic one, and uh, the SLS? And then we just came out with the with the new Shepard. Oh yeah, I, I like the I like the Saturn V. I don't the, the only one I currently have is the Saturn V, okay. and I I like it. I I like the fact that it's got its own stand, so it's a nice little display model. Um, it's um. You know, I flew it once, and now I keep it on my keep it on my desk. Um, I really like builder kits, but I also I really like the the, the SLS is on my wish list, and also the New Shepard. Um, you know, people make a little fun of the New Shepard because it looks kind of funny, but I actually really <laughs> like the New Shepard. Like every time I see a Blue Origin for for the last several years, every time I've seen a a Blue Origin launch come up, I just am I'm really pressed impressed with the way that rocket flies and, you know, it's sure it's not going to the ISS, but it's a cool rocket and it goes up and it comes down and it lands and, and mm -hmm. it's done it over and over and over again. And I just, I just think it's a cool rocket. So I was really pleased to see that. Yeah. Um, and SLS, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm on space Twitter 
sort of. I mean, I, I follow a lot of space Twitter accounts and there are SLS lovers and SLS haters. And I'm like, listen, they're all rockets. <laughs> so I really like, I really like the SLS. I want it to succeed. Um, you know, I, 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 I like what SpaceX is doing, but I'm not a SpaceX fanboy who's like, it's all SpaceX or nothing. Um, and so I'm also real pleased about that. Um, I don't have that one, but I want the, I really want to get the, the new Shepard from just for my desk, just to, just to have it. And like with all those rockets, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll fly it one time and, and recover it and, and, and make sure I, you know, use a standoff so it stays nice and clean. Cause I want it as a display model. Cause I think it's a really cool display model. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, and, and also I have a friend who's, he loves, I've been wanting to send him a Saturn V because he loves space. He's the person who got started building model rock. I got started building model rockets with. He loves the Saturn V. He's a terrible builder. And I think he would just love, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it just showed up, like he's, he, said, I, he said, I've always wanted a Saturn V, but I just know based on what I've seen. I mean, I don't even know how he does what he does with the paint. <laughs> but yeah. well, Saturn V is a good looking model. It's good. It's a good looking display model. It is a great looking yeah. display model. Yeah. And there are going to be a couple more, I think, of display desktop flyable rockets to come in the future. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. I like, you know, I mean, for me, all my rockets, I like to make them look pretty because. I mean, some people think it's a waste of time because if you, you know, if you're 10 feet away for 15 away at the pad, you can't see it or you're not going to see it up in the air. But I mean, I spend a lot of time with these sitting on a shelf look, and just looking at them. So I think to me, it's worth it to make something that looks pretty. And if I have, a, you know, somebody can stop by and they're, they're not a rocket person and I've got this, you know, rocket that looks really good and I built it with my own hands and I've painted it with a can of spray paint. Um, it's kind of, you know, I like it to look nice and, and I like them not to be able to tell what it's made out of, you know? <laughs> so I like to hide the, the, uh, the, the wood grain. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. And speaking of which, so you wrote an article for Apogee Components a few years ago about how you finish models. Would you, do you mind talking to us about that process? Uh, yeah. Um, basically I use uh Rust-Oleum gray primer, but it's not the kind you buy in the local store. You have to get it online. Um, and I wish I could, I had a bottle or a can next to me. It's like number 407 or something. Um, it's an industrial gray primer. It's gone up to like six bucks a can now. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's the closest stuff you'll ever find to like automotive gray primer. Um, I can put a coat on and sand it in five minutes. So when I need to, 20 coats on. <laughs> like if you're doing a, a 3D printed part, you got all those little grooves and you got to oh, yeah. fill it all in. Um, you know, you could put 10, 15 coats on in a day and sand it. Um, <clears throat> so there's two ways I do it. I either, you know, build a rocket, spray the entire rocket with two nice heavy coats of gray primer. Um, and then I literally use Bondo Spot Putty. That's this orange spot putty that comes in like a toothpaste looking tube. Oh yeah. Costs about four bucks a tube. Uh, Not you these do, days. <laughs> yeah. You could, you, you could use, uh, make a few models, you know, at least a, oh, you better be able to do a three or four models with that whole tube. Yeah. But basically I, I, 
with my finger, I just smear it on the fins, literally cover the entire fin if it's a ton of grain, if there's, you know, just a little grain here or there. And then I sand it off with, a, it was one of those sponge, you know, sponge sanding blocks. Yeah, I love those. And then I coat it with primer again. And then if there's any more openings where I got to put spot putty, uh, put more spot putty and I sand it, sand the whole rocket. And then I put more gray primer on. And I just keep doing that until it's smooth. I mean, you can't see nothing. And yeah. I use I use a lot of sponge-based sanders, sanders. Mm-hmm. I use uh, harder ones maybe for like the leading edges or something. If I got to get in someplace, um, then I'll go to, um, like I said, corrugations like on a Saturn V. Mm-hmm. This, this primer I'm talking about, you can get inside all the corrugations by sanding it with steel wool. Oh, really? Yeah. And so you, it's the easiest thing in the world. Still, I mean, it sands so easy, which is why I love it. So any kind of corrugation, plastic, if it's got panel lines, uh, you can get right in there with steel wool and sand it. Uh, I use Scotch-Brite pads for the inside, the like where the fillet is, you know, the the fin to the body tube, if I got to get in there and, and you know, because the, the foam block, you know, the, it's got a hard corner. Yeah. Um, it, it's not perfect for that. So I'll use Scotch-Brite pads. Um, I literally stop at Scotch-Brite. Um, yeah. We have, uh, I use red Scotch-Brite. I don't know if there's different like grits of it, you know, because there's green and red and whatnot. Yeah. And my personal opinion is I want a little bit of... Uh, Scratches, let's say. I want some texture some to tooth, the primer. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the paint will stick to it. Yeah. Um, and if you're spraying out of a, a can, yeah, there's so much paint there, it's going to fill in those little microscopic scratches anyway. Yeah. Um, even airbrush, I don't have a problem. Um, so I don't use a lot of sandpaper, sandpaper, like, you know, use sheets of paper. Yeah. I use a lot of, and there's a lot of different kinds of sponge ones out there. It's not just blocks, there's like little sheets. Um, you know, they're like, it's coated on one side and the other side is just like a, a sponge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff I use for sanding. So, okay, so that's one way. You build it, you prime and you prime it. The other way is you get your sheet of balsa, lay it down and just coat it with primer, a couple hard coats of primer, uh, flip it over once it's dry, put more primer on it and, and then bondo spot putty right on the fins while it's in the sheet and sand it. and you get it about 90% done while it's in the sheet. You pop them out, sand your leading edges, whatever you know, that you normally would do, and glue them on the rocket. And then you'll put your glue fillets on and then sand, prime the whole thing. And you're going to need a little bit of spot putty, maybe on the leading edges, uh, trailing edge if it's not rounded, the tip if it's flat. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you, very little spot putty needs to be put on and very little primer needs to go on the fins. Most of it's going to be, you know, filling in the spirals on the body tube. Yeah. And either way works. I've done them both. Um, you know, I don't have a problem if it's got eight fins on it. I can still sand between all the fins and stuff. Um the Black Star Voyager, you know, with that big, long black one with the diamond yeah. open shape fins. Yeah, the open um, fins. My actual, the prototype that I actually built and test flew um, is actually in the museum in Washington. Hmm. So even, even after it was painted, I primed it, filled it, and painted it again to get it to be a nice looking model. Because it was just, yeah. you know, two coats of primer, 
I threw some black on it, and that was it. You know, I, yeah. I just want to get some weight on the rocket. So, you know, if I could prime and paint that, I mean, I can prime. You can prime and paint anything when it's already assembled. <laughs> well, another thing I like about sanding sponges that I, I realized uh, is that you can you can cut them. So I have, you know, sometimes you have like a little small part between parts, like maybe you've got a launch lug right next to a fin or something, and you, it's just kind of hard to get a you know, some kind of sand or sandpaper or whatever in there. I just take a piece of uh, a, a sanding sponge. I cut the corner off and that's my little detail area. I do that in there. So if anything that's like, you know, just little areas that are kind of a pain to sand because it's not a wide open space that you can just go back and forth. I like to take a little tiny sponge, like a corner of a sponge and sand, and sand that way. Uh, try scotch Bright. I'll try scotch Bright. Gets get anywhere, like between the launch lug and the body tube, that mm -hmm. little area, it, it'll go anywhere. And I'll if not that, it. then you can, it all, now it also depends on the primer. I'm using primer that sands very easy. Mm -hmm. If your primer doesn't, then Scotch-Brite might not work. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used the industrial stuff. I've definitely used filler primer, Rusto filler primer. Um, now, this is, uh, I wish I had a can. Um, it's, it's industrial grade. You got to buy a case of it at a time. So it's going to now cost you like, you know, 70 bucks for oh, yeah. a case. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is by far the best primer ever. It's the next best thing to use an automotive gray primer. Yeah. So, I mean, I use it on my big airplanes because I don't like getting out my spray gun and, you know, fuming up the whole house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have a, a spray booth, so... <laughs> Yeah, I built one in. I built one in my former apartment, and it did work. And I got some nice paint jobs in it. Um, and I vented it out the window. Um, I did find a little bit of paint on the hardwood, uh, but it was dust. It was paint dust, so I was able to. I was able to remove it. Don't get mad at me if you're a hardwood lover. I love hardwood as well. Um, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, I, I think the guys who did the who deleted our apartment before our son was born did a worse job on that place than than I did with my my paint. But it was just it took up way too much space in order to. I was a, it was a walk in. My rocket room in that apartment was very small, and it took up maybe half the room. So it was a walk in booth. Um, <laughs> but, you know. So you said you didn't uh, see the Narcon thing. Because uh, I think John Langford announced uh, the possibility of an E57, E60 engine as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't sure if I if I could ask you about about engines, but you know. Well, because well, he mentioned it, I can you know say something about it. Okay. <laughs> tell us what you tell us what you are allowed to, to tell us. Um, well, I, I'll give you a little backstory. When I first started there, uh, I found some of these engines in a in a drawer, mm -hmm. and the nozzle is almost big enough to put my pinky in it. So I was like, I was pretty excited. Yeah. So I test flew a few of them and they're just, they're phenomenal. And a few of them blew up. Yeah. Um, but then we, I had, I asked Ian, who's, he's our black powder guru there. Um, yeah. To press some more of them. So he found the nozzle mandro and he made me some engines. And, uh, you know, I've been having, I haven't had one blow up since. Let's put it That's that cool. way. And, uh, I, you know, I told the, I, I told the new owners about it. Uh, but, you know, they were busy being the new owners. Yeah. So they had lots of other stuff to do. And, uh, you know, a year or two later, 
I got, uh, I flew one for Bill Stein, the vice president. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, we got to make that. And then it took a little longer. And then I got uh, Mallory, the president. I flew one for her. And I made a special rocket for her. It was just a BT-50 body tube, blow mold nose cone, you know, eighth inch fins glued on. And uh, it took off and at about 50 feet, it just blew apart. <laughs> but it still went up to about 2,000 feet. Whoa. <clears throat> what happened was, well, I believe what happened, the only thing I can think of, because uh, all the fins and half the body tube landed downwind. Yeah. And then the rest of it landed, you know, impacted on the other side. And uh, we believe the engine f- swapped. So now the engine was facing forward, mm-hmm. which gave us stability. And it just kept going. <laughs> which it was amazing. Um, like a skyrocket. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then I put one in the upper stage of the E-Extreme. Yeah. That's a two-stage E. So I boosted it on an E-12-0. And normally it goes, you know, typical black yeah. powder, two-stage. This one went, and it was gone. Whoa. I mean, it, it just, you know, leaped off the screen. Wow. <laughs> in, in the video. Yeah. Uh, I flew one at, uh, oh, so then I, I built another rocket for Mr. Langford to see, but this one had heavy wall of the uh, HBT-1000 body tube. And nice bl- we have a brand new blow mold for that because oh. the uh, uh, Mars Lander. Yeah. Mars Snooper, sorry. Mars Snooper uses HD-1000 upper, the upper tube is HD-1000. So I made a new nose cone for it. Mm. <clears throat> so then I put some plywood fins. Oh, maybe balsa fins. No, plywood fins. JB welded them on put a long streamer in it and he saw it flew. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, Narcon and Hey, I think we're going to do it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> real excited. Cause it's, uh, I've done it out the flying field for the, the club I belong to. And even the high power guys, you know, the guys that do the J's and K's and all that stuff. Yeah. They loved it. That's it, awesome. it it's the closest thing to a V max type motor that you can do in black powder. Wow. This is very impressive engine. I, I've not even heard of this of this motor before. Well, n- not many people have. <laughs> I've flown a lot of them, though. I like wow. them. Wow, wow, wow! That's very exciting. <laughs> um, going back to the wood grain. So I, it, I know there, there's there there there's always been there's been talk for years about a shortage of balsa. Is that something that's affected you at all? I mean, I. I know that the the wood that I get in an Estes kit is al- always seems like very good quality wood. It always seems different from the balsa I find in hobby stores. So is it is it a different wood or is it? No, it's uh, it's balsa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from time to time, there's a you know shortage like every industry. Let's put this, there's a there was a shortage of balsa. Mm-hmm. I believe it was because some of the fields got flooded and they couldn't get the trees out. Mm-hmm. There's a shortage because a lot of the windmills use it, not all. Uh, they use it for, I think, lining oil tankers, for the pellets on military, you know, when they drop stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's used in all kinds of places. Um, but there's some other countries that are starting to grow it now. Yeah. Um, and we haven't had a balsa issue in quite a while. So oh, that's good. You know, there was, but now there ain't. Okay. There isn't. Um but it's it's more expensive now. I mean, yeah. you get a piece of balsa anywhere; it's more expensive. Well, everything these days. <laughs> yes, you know. Yes, uh, that's true. Um, so, but yeah, no, balsa's fine. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, it's really, it's very. I mean, even if you're not using, it's it's. Speaking of bondo glazing and spot putty, it's really 
impressive what you can do with a piece of balsa with just some primer and some, some spot putty. I mean, even if you don't use the, the industrial gray primer and you have to go with the, the cheaper stuff, yeah. you know, you can do a lot with that. You just, need to, you just need to sort of give it some love, maybe some extra sanding, maybe a few extra coats mm-hmm. of this or that. And it's really, you can make, you make a balsa nose cone or balsa fins look, look almost like glass if you're real oh, absolutely. diligent. As nice a finish as your, automo- as your automobile has. Yeah, yeah. It's just how much time you want to you know, put into it. Yeah. Well, gosh, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to ask you about. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. You could say you can't, you, you can't talk about them if, if, if that's the case. But I'm gonna, I did put out uh, a tweet saying, you know, if anyone has any questions uh, for Estes, let me know because I, I might be talking to somebody. So I'll ask you a few questions. You can say you can or can't talk about them. And, and that's fine. Um, so... Everyone wants to know about Pro Series rockets. And right now, you, I mean, the Pro Series rockets from a couple of years ago with all the plywood and stuff like that, those are not currently in, you know, the, we know that there were some supply chain issues and some regulatory issues we talked about a couple of years ago on the Rocketry Show. Um, is there any news you can tell us about Pro Series rockets? I think a lot of people like the big, you know, the big ones. But Yeah, um, well... The nose cone I told you about, you know, we did that. So that's going to be another pro series. Another pro series. Cool. Um, there's, I'm pretty sure he announced the two stage pro series. Oh, cool. Um, that's a 29 millimeter minimum diameter two stage. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, uh, I've flown it on the F-15-0, F-15-8. Yeah. And it, it's, it's gone. Yeah, so. goodbye. <laughs> I think it sims out 3,700 feet or something like Jeez. that. Jeez. Um, it really does fly high. Yeah. Um, I got to have a, a big streamer in it because if you had a parachute, you're just never going to get it back. Um, so that's another pro series. That's actually, I'm done with it. You know, yeah. it's, the, my, you know, I did all the drawings for the instruction manual and all, so I'm done with it. It's, it's in the next phase of, you know, getting samples and stuff like that from China for, you know, kit samples and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I assume sometime this year on that one for sure. So, uh, and then the bigger ones, I, I think you're not going to see those for a while. Yeah. Um, hopefully something will, something like that will come back. Um, you know, we are always trying to, you know, if we can make non-black powder motors, you know, somehow um, that will fly those bigger rockets, then you'll get them. Yeah. Well, you'll see them. Um, they typically like to have rockets that they, rocket kits that we have engines for. Yeah, definitely. So that's, because that's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, you know, you, you got to be able to sell engines. It's a business, obviously. So, yes. Um, so there's hope, you know, um, is it next week, next year? I, I can't tell you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be a while, but uh I have faith that it'll happen again. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. All right, it's time to talk about our sponsor, eRockets.biz, your home for unique model rocket kits, as well as the world's largest selection of model rocket parts from SEMROCK. They've been in business since 2009, and eRockets doesn't just stock many of your favorite in-production kits. They also produce their own versions of popular out-of-production models many of you have come to enjoy 
over the years. And something that you've got in stock right now that I'd like to talk to you about is the Estes Big Red Max. That is the three-inch upscale of the Estes Red Max, which was my first model rocket, which I have a special love for, the Red Max, and a lot of people do. They've got that, and that is $32.99 at eRockets.biz. Not only do they have the Estes kit, they have upgrades. So they have uh, Semrock laser-cut fins for the Big Red Max, and they have laser-cut uh, plywood centering rings. So if you want to beef that rocket up a little bit so it could take a little more oomphy motors, maybe get into high power with the Dur Big Red Max uh, or, or some, some higher thrust engines, uh, and you want to do away with the balsa and the cardstock, uh, you can get those. The centering ring set is $8.99, and the laser-cut plywood fins are $11.99, and you find those at eRockets.biz. On the very same page, they also have a nice long polypropylene shock cord, half inch wide, 30 feet long, so you can have a nice uh, solid ejection and not damage that rocket. You can find that and lots more at eRockets.biz. There are also plenty of other new and reissue model rocket kits to choose from. eRockets.biz certainly has enough kits to keep you busy building rockets for a long time to come. So check out eRockets.biz today to learn more. eRockets.biz. If rocketry scares you, buy a train set. All right, let's get back to John Boren. Daniel loves your model rocket questions. If you have any, send them to noob at themodelrocketshow.com. That's N-0-0-B at themodelrocketshow.com. Now, back to Daniel. I have... I feel that Estes, especially well, under this new ownership, I feel that Estes is always working on something exciting. And it's like, it's, like you say, it might not be next week, but there are some exciting things on the horizon. Um, I really have enjoyed, I mean, you know, we're, the, the company's trying to move things forward and move into the future and, and grow in, in the future. So I've really enjoyed seeing Estes branch out into social media in ways that they hadn't before with the Estes education website and Twitter and Instagram uh, and really getting involved and, and interacting with people on those platforms. Um, so I personally, I'm, you know, I think the new owners are doing a great job and I'm really have a lot of faith that they are, you know, I never know what they're going to come up with next, but I, I, I really have just, I've been impressed with what they've done so far. And I feel like the best is yet to come. Really. That's the sense I get. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, so a friend of mine, David, uh, he grew up with the scissor wing transport and he loved it. And he was just curious <laughs> if there are any, if you have any glider recovery models on the, on the, the workbench. Uh, no, no. Okay. Not right. currently. Okay, that's all right. Um, you know, uh, just a little back here. Glider rockets uh, don't sell very well. Helicopter rockets don't sell very well. Yeah. Um, they're not the biggest sellers, let's put it that way. Or they have a, sh a short life span. Mm -hmm. so, but I love them. They're my favorites. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen a few that are very impressive. And then, well... The friend I was telling you about who was not the best builder, his scissor wing transport <laughs> didn't do so well. <laughs> he had some deployment issues because he, he was just, you know, it, it, some shoot packing issues and some, and some deployment issues. And, and uh, yeah, that was a fun one to watch crash, but <laughs> he wasn't the best builder with that. 
I've gotten over one minute flights with them. So I have you really great. Yeah. 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 I don't think he understood. Well, I don't know if you have to, if that's one where you have to trim it before you fly it. But if, if that's the case, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have known how to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, now a lot of people have asked about bringbacks and uh, it seems like every time Estes talks, people ask about, are you going to bring this back? Are you going to bring that back? I'm not going to ask about every single bringback that someone asked me about, but are there any that you can talk about that you're excited about? Are there any that you can even talk about? Well, we just came out with uh, the Mars Snooper. Mm-hmm. We were coming out with the orbital transport, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of those are upscale PT-55 size. Uh, and the next one, I, yeah, I think it's be the next one. It's a scale. And I think you, everybody voted on it. Oh, you know, they had the, remember they had the vote say, which I is remember. your favorite model. Mm-hmm, I know. And, uh, it, I think it's going to be that one. Oh, yeah. I have, I have my suspicions. I know yeah. which one it's, of, uh, it, well. it, it, it will blind you in sunlight. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Won't, <laughs> so I, we won't, I think that's it. Yeah. I, w- I had my suspicions that that was maybe coming. Yeah. You know, and, and hopefully it's going to have some upgraded upper parts to it. Well, that's cool. That's great. Which are hard to <laughs> assemble at the moment. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, I've, I've got, I've got one that's a little hard to, assemble. was a little hard to assemble. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Uh, that's that, why you buy believe, several I of them. I believe that will be the next one. I'm sure 80% of the people out there know exactly what I'm talking I'm about. I'm sure they do. And I'm sure they're so, jumping up and down yeah. out of their, you know, chairs right now. And thank you for being mm-hmm. diplomatically forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, John, is there anything else you'd like to tell us? Well, you do no more questions. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, I I I had you know Jesse, your your friend Jesse, and our our co-host Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, he he wanted to ask about that Apogee Components article because you know he knows you like talking about that kind of stuff, and so I wanted to make sure I asked about that. I'm not sure what else to ask you about because I've got to be careful. I don't want to get you in well, trouble. You can ask, uh, and if I can't say nothing, I I, mean, I won't say it. You know, I'll just say I can't say anything. Okay, all right, because I. You've designed most of the rockets that are currently out, right? I, since 2010, mm-hmm. I've designed every rocket except for four. Wow. I'd say. And then all the bringbacks I've done, which are actually harder to do than original designs. Yeah. Because you got to try and replicate it exactly. You got to trace the decals and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I but imagine yeah. It's a, there's a lot of, it's it's almost like designing a scale model from scratch, but you, but you but you've got to you've got to get all the details right, yep. especially because you know, the the older rocketeers are gonna they're they got exactly. some expectations. Um, do you have a do you have a favorite that you've created? Um, well, the Black Star Voyager is definitely up there. Um, I, you know, I love my sci-fi's. Yeah, I just love my sci-fi's. Uh, but Black Star is probably number, that's yeah, one or two. The QCC Explorer, you know, and that, again, these are like 10 years ago now. Yeah, QCC Explorer was um, a good one. I, 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 I created this other one that I can't say anything about because it hasn't, you know, even the upper, the Langfords haven't even seen it yet. Oh. But it's something I created a couple, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, it'd be a sci-fi. Oh. Uh, and it's probably the coolest one I've ever done. 
Really? And, uh, so, you know, I don't know if you'll ever see it, but uh, <laughs> if it doesn't become an Estes kit, I may do an upscale of it yeah. for an H or something. <laughs> huh. It's just super cool. I, I really can't say much more than that, but... Yeah. Uh, I did have one of one of my Twitter followers did ask me about sci-fi stuff because they really like sci-fi rockets. They're just cool. Yeah. And you can go wild and just use your imagination. And uh, uh, I probably have the most fun doing sci-fis. Yeah. But like, like the Black Star Voyager, I think I designed that in two days, maybe three. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take much time, too long for me to design a normal kit. Um, we had that Leo space train. Oh, yeah, yeah. That kind of looks like somebody else's, you know, real rocket. Um, I don't even remember the name of it right now off the top of my head. But, you know, I'm not trying to hide it. Oh, no, but, uh, I, yeah, I know. That, that was, you know, hey, we would like something that looks like that. The next day, I yeah. had it. It was, it was built, you know, so. That's, so. I, I really like sport models and I like sounding rockets. And the one, now, I'm, I'm not one of those people who... Uh, you know, I, 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 want, I want to see the company move forward. So I don't like to always ask, are you going to bring this back? Are you going to bring that back? But one that I always wish I had was the, uh, the Terrier Sandhawk. Uh, I got parts of that at work. That's a pretty cool rocket. It's a, it's a cool... It, every time I see one on eBay, I'm only willing to pay so much for an old rocket. You know, I mean, you, you know, because there is such a thing as too rich for my blood. But I've come so close to winning the auction a few times. And it's just such a cool looking, uh, a cool looking rocket, that two stager, you know, and I really, really think it's, it wasn't a cool one. Mm -hmm. So, you um, know. I, I will say that uh, currently a sounding rocket is being looked at. Mm. Uh, it'd be a brand new one though. Nothing we've done before. Right. So, I mean, that that's a possibility. It's just like we've been discussing it. Yeah. So, um, I will say, I did a little experiment a long time ago. Uh, you know how the, uh, some of the sounding rockets are connected together with, uh, between the stage of like tubes? Yes. Um, okay. So I actually developed, a, I never flew it, but I ground tested it, um, where the ejection gases from the main engine goes up through the tubes mm -hmm. and ignites the upper stage. Yeah. So, which I thought was just fabulous because, I mean, you're taking gases, it's going up the body tube, you know, it's eight inches, then it's going through three or four of these little eighth-inch diameter aluminum tubes, yeah. and then it ignites the upper stage. So that, I was able to get a realistic staging rocket workable. That's cool. Yeah. That's we'll never cool. see that, but, I mean, well, I, I was messing around with it. Yeah. So I mess around with a lot of stuff that you'll never see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like the, uh, I mean, I like all, there are several uh, scale models, well, several models, they're not just, not just scale models, but several rockets that you have uh, that look, that look like two stage rockets that yeah. are built as single stage models, but they can be converted if you know. Converted over. Yeah, yeah, they can, they can be con converted to two stage and I, that I think are really cool. The Red um, Nova? Is one of them? I think. Red Nova is one. I'm is one that I've I've thought about uh, converting. And uh, the uh, oh gosh, it's, I'm, I'm it's I'm blanking on it. It's a sounding rocket. It's a Nike Asp. Nike Asp. Asp. That one's well. That one's got the the little states way on top of like the transition. That'd be a little pretty hard. No, no, not no. Uh, I don't. The, the the Nike. Oh, the, the Nike X. The, 
not the maybe it's not a Nike. It's a um, black and white checker. No, no, no. Hmm. Um. Yeah, just do a just build a Sasha. <laughs> the, the Sasha is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. I've I've heard I I don't have that one. I have, I have such a big build pile. I had to stop myself from buying for a little bit. <laughs> every time there was a sale, every time there wasn't a sale, um, <laughs> I bought I think thirty two. Uh, um, photon probes when those were being discontinued. And then I converted uh, some of them to two stage because I had all the extra fins and all the extra tubes. Um, that was a lot of fun. I, I like converting things to, I like making things to two stages. Um, and then, and then I usually lose the upper stage, which is. Did you get any of the mini honest Johns? Um, I, I had a mini honest John and I, um, a kid, a kid at my rocket camp really liked it, so I, I let oh, him have it. Okay. Um, and then I, then you guys came out with the big Honest John, so I was like, well, yeah. I think I'm done with the mini Honest John. I like the big Honest John. But those yeah. fins, that's one that I haven't started yet. Those fins intimidate me because I, I want to make it, I want to shape them correctly. And that's, that's, a, that's some delicate work there. Yeah, it takes a little time. Yeah, takes that's some probably time. the hardest part. Yeah. Um, well, I also did a, a Pro Series Honest John years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, three-inch uh, OD body mm -hmm. tube. Yeah. Uh, I actually flew it at either NARAM or one of the uh, or National Sport Launch at, at uh, Pueblo years, I don't know, four or five years ago. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, I don't know if it would ever be a kit, but it's it's impressive. And you you could fly it on an F-15-4, and it goes so slow, you could throw a baseball and hit it while it's flying. You know, that's how <laughs> slow it goes. But it's just like a big birth to taking off. You know, it's just big, super stable, yeah. goes up, pops a shoot, and it's just a beautiful rock. You know, I have a friend who has a large Honest John that he got from someone, and it's, he doesn't know where it's from. And I wonder if it was one of those. No, no, this is something I created brand new. Oh, so it wasn't uh, a kit? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, he may have the uh, uh, Maxi Brute Honest John. Which is a two two point six inch, I think, diameter body tube. Yeah, I don't know though. Didn't that have a balsa nose cone? No, uh, it had a uh, two blow molded halves that okay. you uh, glued together, and then the fins were vacuum formed. That's a possibility. It's this is a kit that he got, and it was in kind of poor condition, and he sort yeah. of reworked it, and and he's flown it a few times, and it lifts off beautifully. It's a beautiful, yeah. it, you know, I've so I've seen some really nice. Slow flights on, a, on I think, a D12 with that rocket. I even took some, some nice photographs of it. And I bet it was uh, the uh, Maxi Brute. It could have been. Because I don't know who else would have. Yeah, because I don't know who else would have made that rocket. Uh, nobody other than there's like a fiberglass one, mm -hmm. you know, all fiberglass, which, you know, you got a H and I kind of rocket, I think. Yeah. Or at least a G. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's got to be then. It's got to be a Maxi yeah. Brute. He just wasn't sure where, who what it was or where it came mm -hmm. from. It just was, uh, uh, I don't even know how he got it. He just, he said it was, he, it was, <laughs> you know, somebody gave it to him. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So any other questions that, uh, you got? I, I, I mean, I could talk about all kinds of stuff, but I was, please you know, just tell him, tell wow. me what's your, what's your, uh, <laughs> what are your passion projects? Uh, for, I would love to do a Soyuz, personally. Oh, I would love um, to see that. That would be killer. Yeah. Um, 
you know, a couple more scale rockets, I guess. I, I mean, and then that new sci-fi I did and, you know, maybe one day we'll see a big depowered, e-powered space shuttle or something. That would be cool. Uh, that would be killer. Yes. Um, so. Or a I mean, Buran. Yeah. I, a what? Or a Buran. Oh, that thing never. I know. <laughs> Come on. They rotted in a warehouse and they never flew. Yeah. At least not rocket wise. But, uh, but it would be different. But, uh. So, I mean, we're trying to get a hold of uh, other space agencies. You know, they, there's a lot of other rockets out there, yeah. space rockets uh, companies. And so hopefully in the future, you'll see some other rockets from other space companies. Yeah. I know we're, we're trying to work on it. Uh, nothing, you know, definite yet. But, um, hey, if anybody works for a space company out there, tell them to contact us if they want one of their, you know, launch vehicles modeled and, you know, We'd love to do it. <laughs> uh, have you ever worked on uh, the, uh, like sort of toyed around with building a Soyuz? I think a Soy the Soyuz is a beautiful rocket. Uh, personally, yes. Mm -hmm. Probably 30 years ago. Yeah. When I was doing high power H and, you know, J's and K's. And um, this was going to be a K powered one. Yeah. I think the center body was, man, it's either six, six inches or 7.5. I uh, hot wire cut the, you know, the, the four booster strap-ons, they're kind of conical in shape. Mm -hmm. So I hot wired these big long cones. They were hollow inside. Then I hot wired the bottom part, which is straight. And then I uh, covered them with a poster board. And then I fiberglassed over those. Yeah. And uh, I already had the upper stage part all made. And uh, I used polyester resin when I fiberglassed it because epoxy resin was that almost didn't exist, at least in the hobby form. Yeah. And the polyester soaked through the poster board and ate the foam away. So I just took everything and threw it in the garbage. Ah. But that thing was stood about 12 foot tall. I mean, it was huge. Wow. So that's the only Soyuz I've ever done. Huh. <laughs> I would, but for a model, model rocket, I would think maybe, you know, something three foot tall or something like yeah. that would be about right. I'd love to see a, a Soyuz from Estes. I love that. I, I really like the Soyuz. Every time I see a, like a, whether even if it's just being transported on its side or something, I just think that's a gorgeous, well, gorgeous And they've piece. used that same design for like 50 years. Yeah. That booster is practically just, they just keep using no it. change to it. It just, you know, yep. it's, it just works. You know? Yeah. I mean, I like to do some uh, Arabie series of rockets, sounding rockets. Mm -hmm. That that would be my go-to. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done some black brands. There's a few more black brands out there that we could do as well. Yeah. Um, as for like missiles and stuff, like, like the Amram, the Hawk, mm -hmm. the Phoenix, um, those are all owned by, what the heck's the name of that company? You know, they're real missiles. Yeah. And the, and the company that makes them, you have to get permission and uh, we tried years ago. We couldn't get permission. Yeah, uh, we haven't tried since the Langfords bought the place. But uh, uh, you know, so I mean, I love mil. I actually prefer military and sounding rockets. Yeah. To, to space rockets. Yeah. They have a lot more character. Um, they're just cool. Like my 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 Narum entry a few years ago. I did an SA five, a Russian SA five. You know, uh, the Russian missiles have just got all kinds of weird stuff hanging all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's all kinds of cool stuff I'd like to do, but then there's a, the practical sense. Would it sell, you know, Yeah. as a kit? So, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is that. 
I mean, uh, do do you? I know some. You know, it, there's the easy to uh, assemble and the are there are ready to fly stuff that you sell for to get kids in the hobby. Um, mm -hmm. And then there are the builders kits, and you know, um, the 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 I think the thing you have to do is you have to get beginners converted from buying something that they could fly a few times and forget about to actually wanting to build their own rockets. Um, and uh, so how, how do you, do, do builders kits sell as well as they used to in the past? Is that a challenge for you guys? No, I think they're selling very well. Yeah. Um, what amazes me is the uh, Mercury Redstone. <laughs> that thing sells fantastic. Yeah. That, that's, I bet, I bet that's in the top 10 of our kits that sell. Well, I bought I five of them because I screwed up my first one. I thought I better oh, buy extras. You're the reason why we sell so many. Yeah. <laughs> but that thing, I, I, you know, I'd like to build a bigger one of those. Yeah. Let's do a 24 millimeter size, you know, maybe BT-80 or something like that. I didn't even think about that. That would be, be kind of cool. That would be great. I mean, yeah. I, I really love, I love the, Merc the Mercury Redstone. And um, I... The reason I bought extra, well, I bought one, and I, I messed up the tower. Um, it, I just, I didn't. Every, everybody messes everyone up messes the up tower. the tower. I smashed it, yeah. smashed it with my, yeah. my feet. I just okay. stomped on it because yeah. I got so mad. So I thought, well, I'm going to buy extra nose. I'm going to buy, buy the nose cones because Estes has the, the nose cones, or, or they have had the nose cones, you know, mm -hmm. separate. Um, they were out of stock, so I thought, well, I'm going to buy three, four more rockets. And, I bought, and I'm like, one of these things, I, I decided I wasn't going to let this thing defeat me because I wanted to have one and I wanted it to look right. Uh, so I bought several of them. And then the nose cones came back into stock, so I bought several of those. Yeah. So now I have about probably four, one built kit and probably four unbuilt and probably six or seven other nose cones. Oh. So I've got plenty of... Plenty of, uh, uh, of, of room for error. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, did you build one of the Little Joe ones? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. Oh, that's a cool kit. Yeah. The way the fins are made and stuff like that, you know, scale with the big you know, wedge-shaped mm -hmm. fins and stuff. And it uses that same capsule that you have a lot of. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't. I is, is one of the. Is it the Little Joe one or the Little Joe two, which is currently out of production? And then one of. I think. Are they? I think both. They're both out of production. Okay. I believe so. Yeah, like I say, I was, I was, on, I was on a real tear buying kits left and right, and then uh, kind well, of decided I needed to not run out of money when my child was born. So. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. If it's ever on sale at the Estes website. Mm -hmm. Buy it while you can. Buy it while you can, yeah. Because that means it's not going to be around much longer. Yeah, yeah. Now, it probably doesn't, and I'm sure you probably can't comment on this, but I, I would guess that it doesn't necessarily mean it's gone forever if it's a an iconic rocket. Like, the Saturn, the Saturn V was gone for a long time, but, of course, it came back. And I... You know, and again, you maybe you can't comment on this. I just I just uh, finished building a V two, and I'm glad I bought it when I did because I don't think it's currently available. Doesn't this, doesn't... Uh, I think they got them in the warehouse. Do they? Okay, I think so. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, they've been on sale. I think for quite a while. Yeah. Well, so... maybe they do still have them. I I was I was having trouble. I you know, 
I was building it, and I was and I was looking to see if I, if they if I could find another one, and I I thought maybe they were out of print. Maybe they're not. But, it's possible. I mean, I, I yeah. don't look at our website yeah. all the time, but but um, you know, that's a that's a pretty iconic rocket, and I can imagine that. I remember you saying that you get you only get a few years out of a particular kit unless it's a big Bertha or something. Um, yeah, three to five years yeah. is, is like a run of a kit. That's it. Yeah, because people lose sort of lose interest. Those people who wanted to build one probably have, and then. Um, but you know, and, time passes and maybe it comes back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. No, anything can come back. Yeah. I mean, I just let you know, but even like the old iconic bringbacks, mm -hmm. three to five years. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because they were the best selling rocket 30 years ago, doesn't mean it's going to be the best selling rocket today. Yeah. Every, everything changes. So, yeah. Yeah. I would like to think everything I've ever designed is going to come back 20 years from now. <laughs> but I know that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, oh, I, 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 other things. I've, I've designed a couple more tools Ooh. for building rockets. I'm intrigued um, by that because you've designed a few things that I quite like. I like your yeah. cutting, uh, the, uh, the tube cutting guide. I quite like that. Love those. Um, I like them. I, I, I tend to nick them a little bit. So I use one side for cutting and the other side I use for, if I want to mark a line around the tube, I use, I yeah. don't, don't cut on that side. So okay. I cut on, I cut on the, the blank side and the side that says Estes is my yeah. drawing side. Yeah, you could just buy a couple sets more of them like you do with the Mercury capsule. You know, maybe I should just buy. <laughs> sure. Uh, should I just yeah. make the check out to you? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, uh, tools. I love tools. Yeah. I mean, anything I can do to make my job easier when I build rockets, because I build a lot of rockets. Yeah. Um, there's years I've built over a hundred, you know, some years, 30, 40. Uh, I build a lot of rockets. Mm. Um, so if anything I can do to hold something in place, to more accurately align something, uh, sand something, whatever, I do it for myself. And then hopefully, eventually, it may end up in the Estes line of products. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about some of these tools? No. Can't. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I literally, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been using them. Yeah. And, you know, people around me have seen them. But I literally just sent a setup to the uh, owner of the company okay. and said, hey, you build rockets. You could probably use these, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my hope is, man, these are great. How come we don't make them? Yeah. <laughs> That's my hope. If it doesn't happen, I'm still going to use them so, for myself. Well, here's the thing that I, I think I've, I've thought Estes or somebody should get on. So a few years ago when the hobby, uh, hobby, whatever it was called, hobby, the, the former owners of Estes, Hobbyco. Hobbyco. Yes, when Hobbyco went bankrupt. One of the, their subsidiaries, Great Plains, uh, was in a similar situation as Estes. Great Plains still exists, and they do model aircraft. No, Great Plains Manufacturing is gone. Oh, it's gone completely. It's gone. Because I thought you could still the, get... Okay, well. You can get the ARFs, mm -hmm. which are made in wherever Asian, you know, over in Asia. Yeah. But the actual manufacturing company that was in the USA, mm -hmm. they made balsa wood for tower. They made the kits, the builder kits 
That's all gone. That's all nobody gone. Nobody bought it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, far as I remember, nobody bought that particular branch. They bought every other branch, well, I believe, but not the manufacturing branch. Because they had a few tools that I, I quite, well, one in particular that a lot of, a lot of rocketeers liked, and that was their hand sander. It was an aluminum extruded hand sander. It was just the right size for your hand. It was very comfortable. I have a couple of them, and you just slap a piece of adhesive sandpaper on there. And, yep. you know, there are some substitutes that, that are out there um, that are great, but they're, none of them are quite as comfortable. And it's just a simple extruded aluminum hand sander. Uh, I, let me, I have, I own at least two of every size of that sander. Yeah, they're great. I, I agree with you 100% Estes should come out with that. And I think somebody, Estes or somebody ought to make, because it's, it's... No, no, Estes should come out with it, because then I can get a lot more of them for myself <laughs> at a cheaper price. Yeah. I'm very greedy when it comes to tools. Yeah. <laughs> I want them all. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I know, I, I, I wish I had bought more of them just because they're so good. I mean, I have, I have three, one for three different grits of, of paper, so I can just switch back and forth. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's such a simple tool. I don't know why somebody else doesn't uh, make one. Well, because you got to purchase an extrusion, yeah. a die to extrude the aluminum. You got to buy a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, who knows? I, I hope, I hope Estes does come out with one of those. Those they're, they're a great tool. Yeah. They're a great tool. But what other tool? Because uh, you said that they had a couple of tools, great planes. Oh, uh, well, they have a, this is a little weird one, but they had something called a center marking gauge where you could, uh, it was a little <sighs> tool that I don't even know how to describe it. It had like, an, it was like a little arm with a pencil in the middle yeah. and it had two little flat bits and you could lay it on the edge of a board, like an edge of a board of balsa and mark right down the center. So if like you're trying to sand an airfoil or something yeah. and you want to get it straight and even, it's nice to have a mark down the middle so you know how close you're sanding yeah. to the center. And it was, um, it's a that, simple tool. Yeah. It was used for uh, making hinges for airplanes, mm -hmm. you know, for the hinge, for the rudder and elevator, stuff like yeah. that. Um, I use this thing called a pen and my finger, mm -hmm. and I just run it along the side of the balsa yeah. and make my line. But no, those are cool. I agree. Yeah. Um, that I, I could. I don't think. Um, I don't think we'd ever sell very many. No, books. no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I, so. I, I, I. But, but just, no, I, I get what you're talking. It was a about, weird but, little tool that I thought yeah, I could yeah, see yeah. a use for. Actually, what I typically do if I really want to mark down the center is I take the balsa sheet, I lay it on my cutting board, I lay my ruler on the cutting board. And I just run a line down there and then I flip the sheet over and I run another line down there. Oh, and even if they're not in the middle, well, now I have two lines and the two correct. lines are, you know, equidistant from yeah, the yeah, edge. No, so, that's, there, there you go. You See, know. So you don't really need that tool. No, you don't. But I like little, I mean, I like weird little tools that do odd. Like gadgets. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Know. I hear you. So, but, you know, anything that makes it easier. Yep. Anything that makes it easier. Any kind of jig, any kind of, you know. Uh, well, you notice a lot of the kits I design, I include jigs. Mm -hmm. So, like uh, with a Explorer Aquarius, you know, that was a bring back. Yeah. Uh, I actually had an original Explorer Aquarius kit. I said, you know, this is kind of cool. We should bring this back. I built it. Yeah. You know, I don't care if it's a collector's item or not. So, I built it. 
And it's like, what a pain in the derriere that was to get all those tubes lined yeah. up. So that's why I designed that jig assembly. Now it's a piece of cake to get them all lined yeah. up. Um, uh, there's going to be, uh, there's, in the orbital transport, there's all kinds of jigs for the wing and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, when you glue them to the body, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's, there's a jig assembly in there, so you can't mess it up. Yeah. Um, I love jigs. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything to help you cut or sand or, or glue a line. A line. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you can do it by, listen, you can do it by eye and that's, and that's fine. But, you know, I have like, I have a slight distortion in, in the, one of my eyes. So sometimes when I look at something that's straight, it doesn't look straight. And if I look at something that's not straight, it looks straight. And I can never really tell is that straight or is that just my imagination? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, any kind of thing that will help you just do the job and do it right and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but other, you know, like you mentioned bringbacks. Um, I am sure we are going to have more bringbacks over the years. Mm-hmm. One a year, one every other year, two a year. I don't know what the ratio is going to be, um, but I'm sure we're going to have them. Yeah. Um, I actually hope we kind of do what we're doing right now where we upscale them a little bit. You know, we change the size of it. Yeah. Because um, now it's it's a little more, for me, it's a little more challenging and I got to do a little bit more design work. Um, it's just, I don't like doing the same old, same old, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I like I like different stuff. So um, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll do more and hopefully they'll even be, you know, bigger scale. Um, yeah, I like that. I uh, last year I got a little fed up with my little rockets because I kept losing them, and I kept having my best my best flights were on my bigger rockets, and so I decided, well, I got a super big Bertha, I'm gonna build that, and I really enjoyed building. I really enjoyed the process of putting that together, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what, I'm probably not gonna lose this one as easily as I lost <laughs> all the rockets I lost last year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had such bad luck with my smaller rockets. And then my, my, my old faithful was my pro series Nike smoke. I thought if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to, I'm going to put an F, uh, you know, F whatever it was, 26 or whatever in that. Mm-hmm. And I'll get it. It'll be nice and straight. I'll get it back. And then I'll go home and feel like it wasn't a complete loss. So I thought yeah. I'm going to build the bigger, bigger Estes rockets. And yeah. And I can guarantee that Pro Series uh, Nike Smoke Fin is a lot easier to make than the Honest John Balsa Fins that you got to shape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 that, that Pro Series Nike Smoke is one of my favorite rockets. Um, and, I, you know, when I was building it, I just, it was just another rocket I was building. I was enjoying building it. Um, but then, and now every time I... Go, I'm every time I'm out and, uh, you know, I'm at a, at a launch, I just, I fly it almost every single time. Um, just cause it's just, it's reliable. It's going to come back. It's going to have a good, you know, a, a, a great fun flight. It's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and if it doesn't, I have two more. So you need to build one of the doorknobs. I, yeah, you're right. I do need to build the doorknob. It's simple rocket, but if, especially if you paint it, the scale paint job, mm-hmm. the fluorescent, you know, uh, orange or uh, day glow orange and white. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, 
So that, to me, like I, I proposed that to Estes a long time ago, and finally we got to do it because it's just a gorgeous scale rocket, and it's a gorgeous sport rocket. Yeah. It's just a simple rocket. You paint it blue, whatever, and you go fly it. Mm -hmm. It's just a beautiful rocket. Yep. Yep. I like those BT eighty rockets, and that, and that's that, and that I, I think that's what got me building the because I have a bunch of BT eighty rockets. I haven't put any of them together, and I thought, well, you know, it's time for me to build this, this well, Bertha. That, that's actually a three inch diameter. Oh, is that rocket. the? Is that the? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I had that nice new nose cone, so I could do more three inch rockets. I think people <laughs> are going to like hearing that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a it's a nice size rocket. Yeah. And uh, you can fly it on a D twelve three with one of our with an adapter, or you can fly it on a twenty nine millimeter uh, black powder. Or if you want to go composite, I wouldn't go nuts, but you can you yeah. know, put a G or a G in it. I'd put a lower G, but yeah, yeah. And what else? Well, I, I, I was expecting a lot more questions, <laughs> but. So I didn't prepare. I figured you were just going to start throwing oh. stuff at me and I could just answer. Oh, well, like I, I just prefer to kind of ask you what you're into and what you're up to and, and then let you talk. That's kind of how I, it's kind of how I do it. I have a very few number of questions here. And uh, a lot of the questions that people submitted were, when are you going to bring back this? When are you going to bring back that? And, um, you know, I understand people's desire, especially if they're a longtime rocketeer, their desire to have a rocket that they either had or missed out on when they were a kid. But I kind of sometimes feel like, you know, people from Estes probably hear that a lot. When are you going to bring back this? When are you going to bring back that? And uh, My answer to them would be go to eBay yeah. and you can get just about anything you want. It might take a little yeah. while. Um, me personally, um, I'm that old rocket guy. You know, I've been doing rockets for 50 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the old stuff, but that's the modeler side. Yeah. But me as the designer side, I want to do new stuff. Yeah. So if we do one bring back a year, that's more than enough for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know, you know, who knows? We've done multiple bring backs in a year. We've done no bring backs in a year. So it, it, it's going to vary. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about the future. Too. Yeah. It's about the future. Because you got to understand, the majority of the people that fly rockets aren't from 30, 40, 50 years yeah. ago. So they don't even know what a bring back is. Yeah. So. And that's good. I mean, we, we got we to bring in fresh blood to the hobby. Mm-hmm. You know. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes someone who's been doing rockets for a long time, they... they Maybe they don't want the you know to hang out with the kids or something, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, uh, but 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 the kids are what's I keeping will, the hobby alive. So correct. Yeah, I will also say that over the years I've reintroduced a lot of the old nose cones. Yeah. Uh, a because I had some tool some tools that were not being used, and I found them, and you know we we started using them, or I had to recreate an old tool because mm -hmm. uh, it was such a cool nose cone. Um, and part of me is, A, I can use it in, you know, a project. But then the other part of me says, hey, some of these old timers, they want to kit bash something. The nose cone is the hardest part, yeah. especially if it's a weird shape. Mm -hmm. um, so go at it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to feed the, the diehard rocket guys out there, you know, somehow. Yeah. And 
one way is by getting some of the old nose cones back out there. And there are a couple other old nose cones that um, I'd like to do as well. Um, and I, you know, I've gotten samples and whatnot. I just, you know, haven't gotten around to designing something for them. When I hear you talking about like, you have, you found this tool or you found an old die for an old nose cone or, you, you know, you found some parts lying around that you didn't know about. I think you've got to have the, this is the coolest job. Um, okay. I have access to stuff that people would die for. <laughs> I, yeah, I, sounds like you, it. You know, you got like, you know, the rocket nerd guys. Yeah. Or, you, know, they're, you know what I mean? Um, and every hobby has those people. Um, so in our, we have a, a machine shop. Mm -hmm. And in that machine shop, we have tooling. Some of the tools have been in there for 30, 40 years. Probably haven't been used in 30, 40 years. And when I mean tools, it's uh, a blow mold tools, mm -hmm. some injected molded tools. Mainly blow mold, though. We'll go with there. A lot of the, most of the injected molded stuff is for the Cox airplanes mm -hmm. or uh, the Co Cox rockets, if you guys remember those. Um, a lot of old stuff. Um, but then I have, right outside my office, a row of file cabinets. And in that file, in those file cabinets, I can, you know, A, B, C, D, I go in and say, oh, um, Cinerock. Go in there, look at this, like, all the stuff for the Cinerock. Mm -hmm. um, you know, drawings, schematics, uh, you know, the designing of it. Um, the, what other, um, any, any, just name it. I mean, almost any rocket, I can go in there, I could see the order, you know, they ordered 30,000 of these <laughs> 30 <laughs> years ago. Wow. Um, you know, I got all that available. Um, most of the, Fins, like the fin shapes are on mylar, so they're very stable. Yeah. Uh, so if I have to recreate something, I can dig through these big drawers full of mylars and find a fin pattern. Then I can scan it on the photocopier, and then I trace it in my CAD. And that's how I get my fins. So if someone says, that's not the right shape fin or whatever, no, mine's right. Uh, maybe the one that was in the old kit isn't because those were die cut. Yeah. You know, and... The dyes change, they wear out. Balsa shrinks, contracts, expands in humidity and whatnot. Um, but I know when I start a fin from a bring back, it's probably going to be very, very accurate. Yeah. So at least within a half a pencil line, <laughs> accurate. So, so yeah, I got access to stuff that. Yeah, it's, yeah. To me, it's no biggie, right? I mean, I see it every day. So. It's like you, <laughs> but it, I. It's like you're working in a museum and you actually get to use the stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, every once in a while, I find a nose cone. It's like, oh, that was in this kit or that kit. You know, yeah. I, I know so much stuff. It, I, I, I want to purge it to, so I have more room in my brain because I see stuff and it's like, oh, I know what that is. And it's like, why do I know that? <laughs> you know, but I grew up with it my entire life. Yeah. Um, I think I, I might have mentioned it last time I was on on your show, but uh, Carl from Sumrock. Um. I brought him into Estes one time when he was out here for the National Sport Launch. And uh, I let him see some stuff. Yeah. I let him touch some of that stuff because it, you know, Estes was, that was the place for him. I mean, he, you know, he loved that place. He loves Estes. So I got him, I showed him stuff, this and that. And then at the National Sport Launch, um, I brought with me like 300 old show models of old Estes stuff mm -hmm. dating back to the Camrock carrier and 
all the, the Star Trek and Star Wars, and, you know, all the 70s, 80s, 90s, all that stuff. And he's unpacking them and he's like looking at every one of them. I said, hey, put that down, unpack them, you know, because he, we'd have been there for 10 hours because he was taking one out looking at yeah. it. It's like, no, just put it on the shelf. So, he, you know, there's a lot of stuff there that, uh, uh, you know, one day maybe you asked us to have a museum. Um, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. I think with the new owners, they care enough about it. They may, maybe they'll build a, new, a museum yeah. um, and, and display stuff because that would be the coolest thing in the yeah. world. Yeah, I know, and it, it, I bet it would. I, I I bet it would attract a lot of people, because uh, I know that sometimes I mean, people don't know that you can't just take a tour of Estes because there's restrictions, and sometimes right. you know people stop by, and um, if there was a museum, I'm sure that people would just be like, you know, it, that's people stop by all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, there's reasons you can't go in there, so. <laughs> but you know, and, and hey, we, we all have a job to do, so we can't stop everything. Right. And you know, right. But I think you know, like I said, and I don't know anything about anything, but you know, a, a museum would be fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, that's oh, that'd be great. I'd go to yeah. it. Yeah. You know, well, actually, I, I'd probably help to put some stuff in it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, that'd be great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. John, thanks very much for talking to us. Uh, John Born from Estes. Uh, really appreciate you being here. Uh, appreciate everything you do. Really excited about things that are going on at Estes. And just thanks very much. Oh, you're welcome. And thanks for having me. All right. Take care of yourself. Yep. Thank you. Have a good you night. You too. All right. Thanks very much to John Boren for talking to us here on the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. Now, uh, I told you at the beginning of the show that I had a little something for uh, listeners of the show. You may be aware that I have recently opened an Etsy store where I'm selling like t-shirts and coffee mugs that are sort of space related and rocketry related. And you find that, well, I'll put a link to it in the show notes at themodelrocketshow.com. But you can find it just by typing in rocketnoob.etsy.com. Of course, noob is spelled with zeros instead of O's. Uh, anyway, if you use the promo code modelrocketshow on my Etsy store, you get 10% off. There's no use-by date on that, so you don't have to rush right over there in the next week and buy something. Um, I'm putting stuff up there from time to time, new T-shirts, new mugs, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, just go check that out on my Etsy store. And remember, Model Rocket Show is the promo code that'll get you 10% off. Well, that's the show. Thanks a lot to John Boren for coming and chatting with us. Had a great time. And we got more shows coming down the pike. So stick around. Remember, build well, fly safe, and I'll catch you next time. This show is brought to you by the support of our sponsors and listeners. If you wish to support the show for just a few dollars a month, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash the rocketry show. Don't forget to check out our sister show, the rocketry show.com, a program that is all about advanced and high power rocketry. The views and opinions expressed on these programs are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of little Beth entertainment or its sponsors.